Chapter 18 It took them two weeks since the Yildirim ambush to finally see signs of life beyond the forest. The little village wasn't too far, judging by the telltale sign of smoke rising into the air from squatty chimneys. Ilse and Reshma guessed that they would make it in time for supper. It unfortunately gave Ilse a few more hours to think about Tyke. She was fairly sure that she just confronted him, but she wasn't sure if his attitude was the result of the amulet. She wanted to believe that was the truth. At least you know he's alive, Reshma said after an hour or so of silence. Though she didn't sound particularly happy with her statement, Ilse knew that she genuinely meant it. Controlled by an amulet or not, Tyke was alive and out of Dove of all places. It made her wonder if many more ice chanters would cross her path. True, was all Ilse could say. At that moment, she wanted to gag. The back of her throat closed and she clamped a hand to her mouth. What is that smell? Smells like manure, Rashma said with a shudder. Well, I really hope we don't have to stay here for too long. Ilse shook her head. Reshma, hand over nose, shrugged it off and prompted Dash to keep going. Well, the directional signs were correct because just over the shrouded area appeared Karno, clouded in a questionable and sickening smell. Reshma unwillingly guided Dash into the village. The roads were ill-kept. The people roaming about were loud and boisterous, yelling, laughing, and talking with one another. They tried to make way for Dash as he went by, not particularly happy to do so. There were small houses along a cobblestone street which led to the heart of Karno, the market. As Ilse, Reshma, and Dash moved along, Ilse looked disgusted and Reshma looked entertained by Ilse's face. A man carrying a barrel swarming with flies noticed her disgusted looks, too. It's not like your shit smells any better, he muttered as he elbowed past. Maybe we were sent here because no Ilderim would come here and smell all of this. There's a lot of people, Reshma murmured. After a week or so, we'll have no problem blending in. Ilse groaned in reply. She suddenly felt something gently shoved into her hand. She recoiled as a natural reaction and looked around her for a sign of someone familiar. She just saw people chattering and yelling at each other. A young messenger boy thrust something in her hand and hurried off. She held up her hand and saw that she was clenching a piece of parchment. The message was written in small, hurried strokes. We'll find you in two weeks. Stay low and relax for a while. The Dala sends her greetings. Well, word travels fast, Ilse said, handing Reshma the note. It has her seal, so I guess that means that they know how to communicate with us if they need to. How do you know it's her seal? This leaf symbol, Reshma asked, examining the small wax circle stamped on the note. Looks like the image on their shields, Ilse shrugged. Hopefully they keep talking, Reshma said. I don't like the idea of sitting on my bum until they come to hold my hand. Doing nothing will only make it harder for the Ilderums to find us again, Ilse said. Maybe while we're here, we can find out if someone has seen your siblings or parents. Sounds good to me, Reshma said. Thanks, I see something that looks like an inn up ahead. Maybe they wipe themselves after they've finished doing their business. Reshma! Ilse scolded. After circling the town a few times, the girls had to resort to the only inn available. It sat tightly in the fork of the street, with one street splitting to its left and right, thus lending to the inn's triangular shape. The right path looked as if it led lower down to the docks, and the inn leaned slightly to the left to avoid sinking with the descending path. To the girls, it looked like a child's toy tower that was threatening to topple over. It has what we need, Ilse shrugged. Reshma eyed the fish market that lined the road below it and the fishing boats in sight to the right. Ladala is testing us, Reshma said. I'm sure of it. Dash will be fine at least. 
Looks like the inn might have a decent stable. Smells like piss, but what can you do? They entered the inn and asked for a room. A frail little lady gave them their key and a snaggletooth grin and directed them up the stairs. Once the girls made it to the first floor, they could already feel the tilt of the building. So, the little lady began, how long are you staying with us? Probably a few weeks, Freshma said, looking around. Ooh, the innkeeper crooned. That's longer than most, I'll admit. Traveling, just the two of you. Just visiting friends, Ilse tried. Ooh-wee, I probably know them, the lady answered excitedly. Who were they? Oh, just, we're actually really starving right now. What's the house specialty? Reshma cut in. That'll be the fish. We eat a lot of fish here, the lady answered happily. Here's your room. Ilse sighed as the lady took back their key, opened the door for them, and gestured inside. I'll be looking forward to seeing you later this evening, the woman chattered on cheerfully. Give my hello to your friends from me. I'm Frita, in case you need to know. I'm Ilse, and this is Reshma, Ilse answered, gesturing between the two of them. Oh, how lovely. Nice to meet you. She smiled sweetly. She sauntered off with small, quick steps and giggled to herself. People give their children the oddest names nowadays. The girls entered, and Reshma closed the door behind them. The room had two pallets on the ground, a simple washbin, and a pot. Well, I'm surprised that this door has a working lock, and the room has four walls. It'll grow on you, I'm sure, Elsie answered, rolling her eyes. At least we have a great view of most of the city from here. They had one of the rooms with a window facing the fish market. If they leaned a certain way, they had a view of the main road before the fork. Frida's a friendly one, Rushma said. See, always thinking positively. Ilse patted Rushma's shoulder. So we lie low, Rushma murmured. How about we find some clothes to help us blend in? I'm sure the chipper lady knows where to go. Ilse nodded in agreement. The innkeeper was so excited to meet her new guests that she didn't have time to comment on how they were nearly armored to the teeth and wearing light, quality armor, not to mention they were wearing trousers. What can we leave here? Ilse asked. Reshma was already removing most of her armor, sliding what she could underneath the pallet. There was a small, dingy closet in the corner, and she was stuffing larger items in there. I'm taking a knife in my belt, Reshma replied. Ilse stripped everything off except her shirt and trousers and did her best to hide her belongings. She slung her bag back onto her shoulder, keeping her knife and mother's book close. After consulting with Frida, the innkeeper, they were directed to a small shop. They were able to find some simple clothes, paying a lot more than they expected in the process. We can keep these along the way, Ilse said. I have a feeling that we'll be doing this a lot. Dresses, Reshma muttered. You can do so much more in short trousers, I'm only saying. They headed back to the inn and changed. They both wore simple, light brown and blue dresses that reached their ankles. The neckline was a bit low to Ilse's liking, but the humidity was a tad more bearable. Reshma kept a scarf tied around her head and knotted it at the top of her crown. Ilse's hair was beginning to grow again since Sebra had cut it and was inching its way just past her shoulders. She was able to braid her hair close to her head in a circular pattern so it arced over the crown of her head much like Reshma's scarf. She folded a kerchief into a triangle and tied it over her head with a knot tucked under her chin. You look like a regular fisherman's wife, Reshma said. Once we get pit stains, we'll blend in for sure. How many more of those remarks do you have? Elsie said, raising an eyebrow. Enough to last us the two weeks, Reshma shrugged with a grin. Over a few days, Ilse and Reshma trained themselves to walk slowly and calmly to blend in with the pace and lifestyle of the fishing people around them. 
Ilse still took random occasions to look over her shoulder whenever she overheard someone talking about Yildirim sightings or attacks. Ilse was able to get work at the inn as a dish scrubber, and Reshma got a post herding cows with Frida's grown daughter. They got used to people's friendliness. They recognized the two pretty girls as friends and didn't think anything of it. This is torture, Ilse said. They were sitting in candlelight in their room after another long day. I just want to know what we need to do. It's hard to pretend like no one wants to kidnap or kill us. Tell me about it, Reshma said, rubbing a wet cloth on her muddy, bare shoulders. Wait, Ilse said to no one in particular. Hastily throwing a shawl over her shoulders, she lifted her skirts to put on her slippers before racing out. By the time she returned, Reshma had already put a fresh shirt on and was stretched out on her pallet. Her eyes barely glanced over as she said, What were you going on about? Ilse was breathing hard like she had run the whole way. She tossed something towards Reshma and it rolled and wobbled to a stop. The scroll? Reshma said. We had this the whole time and we didn't bother to read it? We knew to go to Karno, Ilse said, allowing herself to collapse onto the floor. And we thought they would arrive sooner to help us. Well, maybe we can do a little something about helping ourselves, Reshma answered. The parchment was rolled up and sealed with Ladala's seal, as well as a sheet of leather for protection. They were so concerned about escaping and finding refuge in Karno that Reshma wasn't surprised at their forgetfulness. She unraveled the parchment and read aloud, If you're reading this parchment, then the Ilderims are currently giving us grief. I am probably off attacking them as we speak. It also means that you've made it out alive. I trust my soldiers with my life, so it comes as little surprise that they were able to preserve yours. You were sent to Karno because its beaches and harbors border the great ocean of the north. You can very well go anywhere you wish from this location. You must visit the Sea King. He rules much of the north and south ocean and the mermaids that inhabit those waters. He would make a powerful ally. We wouldn't want the Ilderims to get to them first. You will find that the king is very powerful. You will be able to match his with the rings that only you can touch. They will help you reach them. Stay safe. We shall meet again, either in person or via my soldiers. Lady Ladala. Is she serious? Ilse asked. Says right here, Sea King, Reshma said. And he's the king of the mermaids. They just lay there on their pallets and stared up at the wooden planks that lined the ceiling. For a while, they couldn't think of anything to say and just continued to stare. Did you know that mermaids existed? Ilse said. Heard of stories, Reshma said, but they were only tales. I'd only heard of elves from tales too, Ilse murmured. She suddenly had no desire to leave their room. Just thinking about Ladala's mission made Ilse feel more overwhelmed than she thought possible. So it's a good thing you have those rings, even though they singe like the devil, Reshma began. But I don't see what she really has in mind here. Are you just going to sprint along the ocean floor or whatever is down there? Well, I want to see what happens, Ilse said. She wouldn't send us here to do something we couldn't do. Your optimism is unrivaled, Reshma said. She put her boots back on her feet and slipped a dress over her shirt and skirt. They walked from the village to the docks, following the gentle downward slope as they went. They walked along long wooden planks propped up high above the lapping water. Ilse sat on the dock and Reshma continued to stand. The sky was shifting from blue to warm colors of red, orange, and purple. The ocean's blue sparkled like armor, making the smelly place actually pleasant. Ilse just sat looking at the water. How do you think we'll do it? Ilse asked. Don't know. My plan for tonight was to lay on my back and not do a thing. You're in charge, Reshma sighed. 
Ilse didn't answer. She took off her boots and let her feet dangle off the edge, and they didn't even skim the surface. She stood up and flexed her arms, about to dive. What are you doing? Reshma asked, not sure if she should be alarmed. It was almost night. The water would be freezing. Not to mention, everyone was cleaning their nets and finishing their work for the day. It wasn't like they were alone on the docks. Ilse quickly flashed a smile, then turned and dove into the water. Reshma's mouth went agape. Ilse swam a few feet in below the surface. Feeling the weight of her clothes, she ventured deeper under the water. She noticed that the deeper she swam, the more her ears began to pop with the pressure. She felt her lungs begin to ache, like they were being squeezed more than possible. The pain began to throb in her head. She was set to prove something, but she couldn't even keep her eyes open. Just as she thought her lungs would shrivel up like sun-dried fruits, she was tugged upwards around her torso. She looked up to see Reshma pulling her up, bubbles shooting from her nose angrily. Ilse gave up swimming further down and reluctantly started back for air. Ilse and Reshma rose to outside air and choked on it harshly. Reshma rubbed water off her face roughly with her fists and shook her wet hair. Ilse smoothed her hair back and out of her face and kept herself afloat. What were you trying to do? Reshma cried. And why did you try to go without me? I wasn't planning on keeping watch all night. Ilse mumbled. I thought the rings would do the rest, somehow. I'm supposed to go where others can. Well, let's express our inner thoughts next time so we can discuss them and shoot them down, all right? Reshma said. She tried popping her ears and then motioned to swim to shore. I guess I was waiting for something to happen, Ilse said. I was waiting for the rings to do something to help us, but they didn't. Let's dry off and try something else tomorrow, Reshma said, and a time where the whole village won't be around to watch us. Ilse silently agreed, making attempts to avoid eye contact with anyone as their clothes dripped with dirty seawater. Ilse followed, but couldn't find it in herself to smile.